something to say. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. Welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, which is available on Amazon Kindle, paperback, and as a podcast. All you have to do is search for Mask of the Gods wherever you're listening to me right now, and it should be there. If it's not, please do let me know, because it's supposed to be everywhere that this podcast is, so I need to fix that. Today, we are going to be talking about the first lesson every writer or creative person needs to learn. It's important. It's a hard one. But it's something we need to talk about. So please stick with me. I'm going to tell you a story. But before we get started, if you haven't already, please like this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people, and that really would make my day. So thank you to everybody who's already done that. And uh, if you're also new, why not consider subscribing? That would be awesome. Over the years doing this show, I've talked a lot about how my adventure in writing began. And it always when I talk about it, it goes back to when I was a little kid and I used to just write little things down and I used to draw comic books. I, I loved drawing comic books when I was a kid. But it's time, I guess, to really be honest and answer that question that goes around from time to time. When did you first think about writing? When did you become a writer? For me, I... I can't tell you the exact date because I'm terrible with dates, but I know I was in sixth grade. It was in my English class and we were asked that horrible, horrible question we ask kids at that age. What do you want to do when you grow up? Yeah, it's really a hard thing to ask somebody at that age, but I wrote an essay, as we were supposed to do. And in that essay, for the first time, because I thought about it a lot, because there were a lot of things that I had wanted to do. I thought about going into math and computers, because I really liked that. I thought about becoming a pastor, because I'm a very religious person, even more so then. But what I actually wrote about was that I wanted to be a writer. And as a child... I cited the works of J.R.R. Tolkien and said that he kind of showed me that all of the wacky worlds that were in my head could be put down on paper and shared with other people so that they could play in them too, and that that's what I wanted to do. I really wish I still had a copy of that, and I keep hoping my mom keeps finding like old things that she packed away over the years, and I keep hoping that she finds that essay, because I got an A on it, so she might have kept it. But <laughs> beyond that little brag there, 
I really wish I could read the words and see then what I really meant by that. Because what happened taught me one of the most important things about writing that I've ever learned. And this is going to sound like I'm like I'm bragging and I'm really not. You see, you know, that's the age where you take all those tests where they figure out where you're going to be, your placement and all that. And the school I went to had a gifted and talented program. And apparently I qualified for it. And that was exciting and wonderful. And my teacher sent a copy of my essay to the principal. And they pulled me aside and told me that I qualified to be in this gifted and talented program. But as a part of it, I had to pick a project, something that I would do. It, it wasn't just free time. It was unstructured learning. I would pick a project and I would work on that. And uh, the teachers and staff would be made available to me so that they could help me as I worked on it. And as I'm talking to the principal and the counselor, and they're telling me about this, the principal brought up my essay and said, so it says here that you really want to be a writer. Would you like to write a book for your project? Because I think that would be a really fun thing for you to do. And I think you would learn a lot. And my eyes opened up and I got so excited. Yes, of course I want to write a book. That, that's what I said. That I really meant that. I really want to do that. that. That would be great. And so in one of the unused rooms in our school, they set up a computer for me. And it wasn't just for me, it was for everybody in the program, but we each, you know, we each had different periods when we were allowed to go in there. And for the first time, I sat down with the intention to write a novel. And I got to talk to the English teachers, and I got to talk to my counselor, and we discussed what a, what made a book a book, what made a novel a novel, and what was the story I wanted to tell? And of course, it was a sci-fi fantasy adventure that I wanted to tell. Because y'all should be familiar with me by now if you've listened to even a couple episodes. And so I started writing it. And I never finished that book. It was terrible. It was a horrible experience. Sitting there in front of that Macintosh... And this was back in the 80s, so being near a computer was almost like standing next to an oracle of Delphi, some great magical thing that controlled our fates. But watching that cursor on that blank screen, it, it bothered me. I had to fill up that... I had to fill it up. I wrote notes. I made... scribbled... I did things. I tried to tell a story. It seemed so daunting. It seemed so big. And it, it started creating panic in me. And it's a panic that I have to this day when I start a new project. Because it's all unwritten. And it's my job to put it together. And I failed writing that first project. 
I failed hard. I got, in all, over an entire school year, I think about seven pages written. Now that's typed single space. I believe it was at a font size 12. That's not a lot. It's not a, it's, it's not terribly bad, especially for a child of my age. Sixth grade, that's what, 11 years old? But yeah, I didn't finish the story. And it wasn't because I wasn't interested. It wasn't because I didn't want to do it. I didn't know how. And I didn't trust myself to allow my imagination to just run free. Luckily, at least for me, maybe not for those around me, I didn't let that stop me. Over the years, I was in the program for the next two years as well, I continued working on different projects and eventually finished one of them. That book, which never had a title while I was working on it, at one point I thought about calling it Empires because it kind of fit, but it never had a title. I actually didn't finish while I was in middle school. I didn't. I finished it when I was a freshman in high school. I finished it on my own and actually hand wrote the entire thing. I spent a lot of time world building and creating all of these magical races and cities and maps and languages and all of these things that I wanted it to be in. And when I finally finished the book, I was so proud. I had written a book. I had told a story from beginning to end. And this epic story with all of these things that I wanted to see with magic and swords and fighting and spaceships and dragons. Because trust me, I, I put the full kitchen sink into this. If, if it was there was something I liked, it found its way in there somewhere. And then I read it. See, I hadn't been reading it as I was writing. I just wrote. I wrote a little bit every day. And when I wasn't working on the story, I was working on the world. I was working on the languages. I created alphabets for them. I was creating dictionaries for them. I was having so much fun. And here I am with my finished manuscript. And I'm reading it. And it's terrible. It's horrible. It's boring. The language is bad. I spent three years working on this? Three years. When you're a kid, when you're a freshman in high school, three years is forever. It's such a large proportion of your life. And that's when I learned that important lesson. You're going to fail. Get ready. That sounds like such a dark thing to say, doesn't it? You're going to fail. Beware, writers. You will fail. But it's true, and it's such an important thing to learn. Your first draft will be horrible. See, I didn't know anything about editing, because I was outside of the program now. I'm now in high school. The high school didn't have a program like that. So I didn't have that mentorship that I really needed to help me forward. And this is the era before the internet, kinda. I mean, a friend of mine had Prodigy, which was kinda almost the internet-ish, but it wasn't really the internet. 
So I didn't have access to resources. I didn't know what to do next. In my naivete, I just imagined and assumed that these great writers sat down at their typewriters and these glorious worlds just sprang from their minds fully formed. I didn't understand that they had to be edited and revised and fixed. And it was so disheartening to me. But fortunately for me, the lesson that I learned was, okay, then let me try something else. And I started working on another book. I never did edit that first one. I didn't edit the second or the third or the fourth. I kept writing, just writing these stories, these horrible, terrible stories. And I don't know, you might have read my stuff and still think I write horrible, terrible stories, but at least I'm proud of them now. I actually like the stuff that I do. But I learned how to revise. One, I learned how to trust my own voice. That's a very important thing that comes in both in the first draft and in the revision process. But I also learned that the first draft is almost never good. There may be some gems in it. Every now and then I'm reading through one of my first drafts and I come across the line and I'm just like, yeah, I nailed that line. That line's perfect. Then Brian, my husband, (laughs) reads the book and goes, I don't understand this line at all. Why is this in the book? This is terrible. (laughs) Almost without fail, that happens. But you work on it. You make it better. And I, I feel like people know this nowadays. But so many people have been asking lately questions like, How do you know you're finished with your book? How do you know when it's time to start editing? How do you know when you're editing or revising? How do you know when the editing is finished? So let me tell you my way of thinking about this. You know you're finished with a book when it doesn't have anywhere else to go. And I don't mean that in like a series kind of a way. I've written several series, and I'm currently working on a couple now. So yeah, the story's over, and there's more places it could go. But that's obviously a different story. So I'm going to save that, and that's going to be a different story. But don't judge. When when is it time to edit? Whenever you feel like editing. When is it time for revising? Whenever you feel like revising. Stop trying to find rules. Creativity is a realm governed by play. And just as I learned that my creative endeavors were doomed to failure because first drafts are not pretty things, I also learned that you have to have fun making them. Stop worrying. Don't worry. Just do. If you can learn those two lessons at the same time, or hopefully close to one another, it will help you out so much in every creative endeavor you try to do going forward. If I had stopped writing when I had finished my first book, and it was trash. I mean trash. One of these days for April Fool's, I've I've thought about doing this every year, 
doing a dramatic reading of the first chapter of that book because I still have it. Oh, it's terrible. And then I bring it out and I start reading it. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't even do that as a joke because <laughs> it, it's, it's, oh, it's bad. But that's important. Fail, fail early, fail often, fail spectacularly. The story that you really want to write may be the worst story ever written. And maybe with some editing, it can be put into shape. Maybe not. I don't know if either, if any of those early books that I wrote could ever be fixed. I don't know that there's any amount of polish and revision and rewriting that would make those stories work. I'm sure I could eventually force them to work, but that basically means I would go back and rewrite them all and then edit that. But that's okay. Taking the time and the energy and the effort to get started, to see the process through, that's what's important. That is everything. Learning that you are going to fail, learning that you have to have fun with it, and just go, huh, I'll fix that later. These are the lessons we have to learn. Which brings me to the last thing that I really want to say on this episode. Please stop calling yourself aspiring. Please, please stop. You don't aspire to be a writer. You don't. It's not something you aspire to. I aspire to be a good singer because it's something beyond my range. It's something beyond my capability. It's something that I will never be able to do. You see, when I, and I take that very personally. See, when I had my first book published, I was at a convention. And I'm not going to name names. Though some of you know who I'm talking about. And there was a famous writer at this convention. And her job was to shepherd all of us new writers around. And to make sure that we got the most out of the experience of our first convention as a writer. And we were sitting there at breakfast one morning. Because they had these big writer breakfasts where we would all get together at the beginning of the day. Talking. This was on a Saturday. Convention started on Friday. And she asked us around the table, how many books did you sell this weekend? And went around the table. And we all proudly said the number of books that we had sold that weekend. And then, with the most haughty, pride-filled look on her face, she said, well... One day, when you're a real writer, you'll have to sell at least 300 books a week. And I just broke. See, I had always looked up to this woman. I started going to that convention when I was 10 years old. I used to follow her around with a notepad asking questions on how to be a writer and taking notes and taking advice and just looking up to this person. And now she's telling me that even though I have a book out, 
even though I've been selling copies, even though people are telling me that they like it. I'm not a real writer yet because I haven't hit an arbitrary number of sales. And you know me, I'm not one who is able to be quiet. So I looked at her and in front of all of those people, I said, no, I'm sorry. I was a real writer when I put pen to paper. I was a successful writer when I finished my first book. I was a published writer when that book got published. I'll be a best-selling author when that book appears on the bestseller list. You can't take any of that away from me. And of course, that went as well as you could possibly imagine. She lost it and started yelling at me and telling me how stupid and naive and terrible I was and eventually stormed out. Her agent ended up buying me lunch. But that's neither here nor there. Her publisher also congratulated me for standing up to her, as did her editor. So, yeah. Hmm. But my point stands. All of these things that we tell ourselves about what makes you a real and actual, it's all crap. If you tell stories, you're a storyteller. If you write, you are a writer. There's no aspiring to it. It's just about doing it. That's what this entire lesson has hopefully taught you. Just do it. Write. Tell your story. Paint your picture. Play your music. Whatever it is. Just do it. Don't aspire to do it. Aspire means maybe one day... No! One day your prince may come... And one day you might realize that you don't want a prince. Just let your creativity out. Tell your jokes amongst your friends. Tell your stories. Post your pictures to Instagram. Whatever it is, just do it. Because that's, in the end, what this is all about. Tell your stories. Have fun. And remember, you're going to fall on your face. We all do. Repeatedly. Even if you wrote the greatest book ever, people will not like it. Think about how many people don't like Shakespeare, or Arthur Conan Doyle, or Frank Herbert. You can name any great successful writer, they have detractors. That's just the game. But you can't participate if you're not playing. And you can't win without Ruby Dust depending on what your definition of winning is. So there you go. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you did and you haven't already, please rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. If you have a book you can throw my way in the show notes, you'll see a link for community support. You can join the project at the one, five or $10 a month levels. That money helps me out a lot. It helps me do everything that I do, especially since by the end of June, all of my books will be out of KU, and I'm going to be taking a very scary journey. If you don't have any money, that's all right. Trust me, I know what that feels like. I'm currently agonizing over what to do with a little bit that's in my account right now. But if you think you know somebody that might like this podcast, please share it with them. That really would make my day. You can hit me up on Instagram or 
um, Twitter. I'm C. Dorset on both. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. And don't forget, in the show notes, there's a link that says voice message. You can click that and leave me a voice message. It can be a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show. I would love to get more of those. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.